goes for her. Amen. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. It's too much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Thank you, Father. We are truly a blessed people. And never lose sight of that. And uh, hopefully as we go through this word today, um, you'll begin to understand how blessed you are. And that, that blessing is supposed to manifest itself. And so we're just going to clear out some stones that keep it from manifesting. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for this time and your word. We thank you for these, your precious people, your beautiful sons and daughters, Father God, and those who you want to make your sons and daughters. We thank you for this opportunity to minister your word. Thank you, Lord, for ministering this word to me. What a blessing it was to me, Father God. And I'm grateful this morning. I thank you, Father God, that as I open my mouth, I'll be able to articulate these spiritual truths that you've given, Lord. And Father God, as your people hear and receive the word, the seed of the word will fall on good ground, and we're believing that it will bring forth a hundredfold return in their lives. We believe it, and we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. We're going to look at uh, Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 12 through 16. Um, very familiar passage, and... Uh, Hopefully we can shed some new light on it, give you some new revelation on it. It says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. See, that, that's sharp right there, ain't it? But I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. One thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So there's an upward call. All right? Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Amen. You may take your seat. Hallelujah. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I ain't got it all. And I don't know it all. But I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. Hallelujah. Yeah. Why am I pressing on? Yeah, the upward way. Yeah. Paul's saying that, that he wants to lay hold of that for which, of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So Paul wants to lay hold of those things that Jesus has already made available to him. All right. So here we are, 2020, year of vision manifestation, as, as we've heard and we've known, but we've gotten a little distracted because in this year where we were supposed to be seeing all of those things that God had been promising us, all of those things that we had been believing for and sowing for, those things are supposed to manifest this year. And can I tell you something? Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. 
I don't care what kind of virus, bacteria, what kind of illness, what kind of financial blow, what kind of uh, enemy rises up against this nation. I don't care what demon entity reveals himself in your life, in your children, in your marriage, on your block, in your neighborhood. None of that matters because we are standing under prophetic watch. We know 2 Chronicles 2020, right? If you believe the Lord your God, you'll be what? Established. But if you believe his prophet, you will what? Prosper. That means you're going to have everything you've been saying you want to have. If you believe the prophet. So what the, the devil does, and he's very good at it, is that he sends these distractions to try to get your eye, to get your focus, to get your prayers, to get your attention, to get your time, to get your money off of the things of God and onto his demonic activity in the earth realm. This was supposed to be between January and where we are now. Just, it was supposed to be uh, just this fruitfulness and bountifulness in the global church and and we were supposed to be coming in bringing in great spoils to get major things done in this year now the year's not over that's the wonderful thing about it it's not over but we've gotten a little bit distracted there's this thing out there this virus out there this just cutting up and what it's done is it's taken our eyes off of those things that we were working on, those things that God promised us, those things that we've been confessing since we knew that we could confess and possess, since we knew that we could name and claim. Oh, Pastor Kim, no. yes. That's how it works. Since we've understood that we can sow and reap, we've gotten off of that. But you know what? It doesn't change. Now, here's what's got to happen. We've got to do some work. We've got to do some work because the distractions that the evil one does, a lot of times that we've seen with this virus, they're from without us. And when those kind of things happen, see, we're the body of Christ, and none of this was supposed to take any of us by surprise. And I am just a little miffed at how many in the body of Christ were completely taken by surprise that the devil would do something so wild. And he is the same devil that allowed airplanes to fly into the World Trade Center. He is the same devil that allowed planes to be hijacked and crashed into the earth. He's that same. So why in the world? <laughs> Did something as, if you'll allow this term, as normal as a virus, See, don't make it bigger than what it is. As normal as a virus, take us and throw us completely off the job. But here's what I believe. God's going to get glory. I said after this, God's going to get glory. And those who are supposed to remain will remain and be stronger than they've ever been. And those ones who were supposed to wither up from the root and go on about their business, guess what's going to happen? They're going to wither up and we're going to say bye-bye. Because God needs to know, right? It needs to be evident to us who's on the team. You know, I've been reevaluating my seed because I need to know who's on the team. But you know, all of this stuff that's happened 
um, with the virus, uh, you know, was from without. And I learned a long time ago in my faith walk how to deal with stuff that comes from without. People talking, whatever. The devil doing stuff out there, whatever. But you know what takes the most work? It's stuff that goes on inside of you. And I guarantee you, if you were to assess anybody who had been uh, quarantining themselves in self-isolation, I know it's true because if any more ministries would have had any more mental health counseling going on during God's time, I was just going to turn my TV in. (laughs) Or just turn the channel, right? Because I don't think we've done enough work in the body of Christ dealing with that inner man. See, we've gotten so caught up on the outer man. See, there are two men. The outer man is perishing. Hey, can we get over it? The outer man, this flesh, this blood, this hair, these nails, these knees, these hips, come on now, they are perishing. But the inward man is being renewed day by day if you'll let it be. So we're so caught up. And, oh, I might catch a cold. Oh, I might get a virus. Oh, I might get pneumonia. Oh, I might get cancer. Oh, I might get this. Oh, I might get that. Oh, my hair, I'm, oh, gosh. That's not where it is. He told us it's perishing. So don't get shocked when you wake up and you have gray hair. (laughs) Women, don't get shocked. You wake up and all of a sudden you have the ability to grow a beard. It's real. Don't get shocked. Don't get shocked that your hairline starts to go and meet your neckline. Don't get shocked. It just, you, the outward man is perishing. But we take all of our resources, we spend all of our time, we spend all of our energy trying to prop up this outward man and our inward man is dying by the second. The inner man is dying and the inner man is supposed to be gaining strength and getting stronger and stronger and stronger and I'm going to tell you something funny. It, it, you know, I haven't said, because I ain't that funny. <laughs> but, you know, um, I like to watch documentaries, always have, from way back at Mutual of Omaha, you know, Wild Kingdom and all of that. You know, it just, you know, it comes on, that's what, that's what you watch. So now I've discovered, now that all of my, amen, I've discovered that on YouTube, there are a lot of documentaries. And, and I've just been from one continent to the other continent to one group of people to, And I'm telling you, God's creation is so beautiful. And I fell in love with the people of Zimbabwe. And it got so heavy in my soul and in my spirit that I couldn't sleep. And and I was just like, oh, God, I just, I don't, I want to be there. I want to help them. I want to, but I was still a girl right as I'm looking at them. And I'm looking and I'm like, God, these people are so beautiful. 
and they're herding cows and they're bathing in a river. And y'all ladies, we got to do better because they wash their clothes all day long every day. We got to do better. <laughs> we got to do better. We got all this front load of washing and we not washing. But those women, every documentary, every documentary, they got a big bucket and they washing clothes by hand. I'm like, I need to wash more. We got to do better. I'm going to wash more. But I looked at them. I looked at them. And just the simple thing, just the simplest thing, their skin was beautiful. I said, from the youngest ones to the oldest one, 90 years, beautiful. No flaws, no. I said, now, Lord, my beauty regimen is costing hundreds a month. By the time you add the vitamins and the cleanser and the exfoliant and the toner and the and all of the experimental stuff that I buy and I don't like it because it smells like uh and you throw it in the garbage and you start over. And you know what he said? He says, because they don't have time to be worried about the outward man. Kids are playing and laughing, and I'm like, don't they? He says, because we spend so much time on this outward man. And so then he began to just pour this word into me. He said, you know, Kim, I've assigned you to help people build their inward man. And so don't ever expect to be popular because when you start dealing with that inward man, nobody really likes you. Why? Because you start kicking up against those things that we've been guarding and protecting and shielding and holding and keeping from everybody. So now when you come and scratch at something, I've worked so long and hard to cover up, I ain't gonna like you very much. So it's not my fault, but it's a good word. So the outward man is always perishing. But this inward man, my soul man, is supposed to be getting better and better until the perfect day, or it's supposed to be renewed day by day. Now, how is this going to happen? I've got to work on my soul. I've got to work on my soul. I've got to spend more time working on my inner man than I do working on my outer man. If I'm spending five hours a day trying to be cute, I need to at least spend five hours, five hours and 15 minutes a day trying to be better or trying to line up with the word of God. See, here's what the soul is. Most people, you know, if you've not been here a while, you might not know. The soul is that part of us that connects our humanity with our divinity or it connects our flesh man with our spirit man. Without the soul, it's kind of hard to, to pick up on where God is and what he's doing. He connects to us through our spirit, man, but our soul allows us to know things are going on. Your soul is not your brain. Your soul is not your brain, okay? Your brain is like, it's the central mechanism, right, for your body. It sends impulses, it receives information, but it can only receive information from your five senses. What I see, what I smell, what I touch, what I hear, and... Uh, and what I taste. Now, the soul man has a central entity, just like this body has a central entity, right? The soul man's central entity is the mind. So the mind of a man controls what he does. So my brain and my hand. I put my hand on the stove. The stove is hot. My brain says, ooh, hot. Take away your hand. 
Well, guess what my soul and mind do? If I get myself into a situation I don't like or I hear a word that I don't like, because remember, your soul's connecting this flesh man with the spirit man. I hear something I don't like. My mind says, you know you don't like that very much. And it tells my soul to cut up. See, some the ladies understand. The ladies understand. My mind tells my soul to cry. My mind tells my soul to yell. My mind tells my soul to throw something. My mind tells my soul to suck my teeth. My mind tells my soul to roll my eyes. My mind gives my, my soul expression. Well, if I don't fix that part of me that connects this body with my spirit, that gives me all of my personality and expression, can I tell you something? You will not manifest anything. Why? Because your soul won't let you. Go to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. Listen to this. It says, let this mind be in you, let this mind, okay, it didn't say God gave you the mind. It says you've got to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So you've got to allow the mind or the mindset that Jesus Christ had, you've got to let that mind, we've got to abandon the mind that we were born with. We've got to abandon the mind that we were groomed to have. And we've got to let the mind of Christ be in us. Who, look at this, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but what? Made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. So Christ knows who he is. I am a part of the being of God. When I see the Father, I see me. When I see the Spirit, I see me. I am part of the Godhead. He had no struggles with who he was. But yet and still, he knew how divine he is. But he was able to take off all of that divinity. See, this is a big mind. He was able to strip himself of all of that divine identity and make himself equivalent to a man, make himself a bondservant. So he went from the form of God to the form of a bondservant. Now just let that think, let, let, let this same mind be in you that will make you abandon what you've already been and what you were and who you are for something else. Something else that may look like it's less. Just think about it. How many times have you heard, I ain't gonna let them talk to me that way. I'm not gonna let them do me that way. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You got the wrong one. You know what I'm saying? Something to do at the church? Like, I'm cleaning the toilets? Oh, no, I'm not doing that. 
oh, I don't do that because I am, or they must not know who I am. But yet Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, our King, who knew he was very much God, was able to take off all of his godness and become in the form of a bondservant? You know how bondservants were treated? Okay, when you see that mind be, when you look that up in the Greek, you're going to notice that mind, you can't click on it, because I know you guys are going to go home and study this out. But if you click on B, all of a sudden it'll come up because it's, just, it's not just mind. It's a mindset. Listen to this. That word is phroneo. It means to have an understanding. So have the same understanding that Christ has. It says be wise. So be as wise as, be as, wise as Christ was. Feel the way he felt. Think the way he felt. Look at things. Look at this. To have an opinion of oneself. So have the same opinion of yourself that Christ had of himself. So that means that if I'm going to do any level of quality soul work, I've got to be able to answer this question. Who? Well, two questions. I've got to know who I am. He knew who he was. He knew he was in the form of God. He knew who he was. But he also had to know who he was in the kingdom of God. See, we get so caught up on who we are. We have titles for everything. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. I'm a, I'm a boss. Oh, I'm so tired of that word. Boss what? Boss that laundry. Because my girls in Zimbabwe. They, they boss, they boss. We can't be boss if we can't figure out how to load that front loader. We can't be busy. You, you see what I'm saying? We've got all of these titles. But if I were to walk up and say, tell me who you are in Christ. Uh, what, what, you, what you mean? What, 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 what do you mean? Who are you in the kingdom? What's your role in the kingdom? Why are you here? You know, we're more than clothes racks. We're more than hat racks. Come on, we're more than what we've allowed ourselves to become. Why? Because we just won't allow the same mind that Christ had to be in us. It's a work, ladies and gentlemen. It's a work. And can I tell you something? It's, it's a work that won't end. So if you've already tired of the work at this point, because with every level you go to, you've got to rise up to that. You know, Christ was just awesome, man, when it came time to healing. Christ was awesome. You know what I'm saying? When it came time, you know, you're in a boat and you had to manifest peace in the midst of a storm. But when he got in the Garden of Gethsemane, do you know he had to come up to another level of soul, another level of soul revelation? He was sitting there and he was like, okay, wait, okay, okay. I've been talked about. They've tried to kill me. 
They tried to lay hands on me early. But you're saying now I got to go by the way of the cross? And he got in the garden, and he said, Father, if there is any way that this cup could pass from me, please let this cup pass from me. But do you know what he ended up saying? Because somewhere between let this cup pass and the, he got a revelation of who he was. In the, and he said, nevertheless, I said, nevertheless, not my will. Not my will. See, that's a soul word. Not my will, but your will. Your will. I said, your will be done. Whatever, whatever your will, let it be done. Not to me, but in me and through me. See, because before God can get anything into this earth realm through you, he's got to get something in you. See, we, a lot of us, when we talk about vision manifestation, if we were to shake it all down, 95% of us talking about money. You got maybe another 1% talking about healing. Because in America, we don't really talk about healing much. You know why? Because we got these hospitals, and we got these doctors, and we got all, this, all these pills we can take and all this, and we don't really have to talk about that much. You know, but I'm talking about maybe 1% there. But anything that you are trying to get birthed into this earth realm through you has to happen in you first. See, y'all bought the book, How to Become Rich. Who read it? Amen. Amen. Because before you can manifest wealth and riches, you've got to become rich on the inside. And Pastor just read to us this morning during the offertory message about how, what it takes to be rich. See, God wants things done in the earth realm that's going to require a lot of money. You're talking 20 million people. 18 million people, 5 million people. Listen, let's just talk about your neighborhood. Let's just talk about what it took to feed 30 children or 30 people this entire, you know, what, what do we call this? Educational support day during our shelter. Yeah, whatever we had here in St. Pete. Yeah. You know, you have to be rich on the inside in order to manifest wealth and riches on the outside. Do you know you have to be healed on the inside before you'll manifest healing on the outside? See, you've got to already see yourself living out long life. You've got to already see yourself. Come on. Man, I got so, I got so choked up. My, my, I have four children, but I have three by birth, right? And I love all four, the exact same. They all can, they all have access to all that I have, right? But there are just some that are here that just take advantage <laughs> of the access. So you kind of tend to really think about them a lot more. And I, I, I just won't forget, when I was getting ready to have Olivia, and Lydia said, girl, Lydia got a, Olivia has a lot of stories. Olivia. But Lydia, I was getting ready to have Olivia. But parenthetically, let me give a parenthetical. Lydia says, oh, Olivia has a lot of stories. Did you catch up? Okay. Let me do this. 
But Olivia, okay, just scratch all of that. Kirkland, help us out. Olivia, when I went to have, um, uh, have her, most don't know, because I have two kidneys now, but I only had one kidney. I just know I have two now, because, amen, I don't pay that no mind. But um, the doctor would keep telling me every time I would go, every time, it wouldn't fail. You know, if you want to be around for her graduation, if you want to be around for her graduation, oh, your blood pressure's higher, you want to be around for her graduation, I'm like, oh, doc, stop. I'm going to be around for her. Now, that was before we even knew all of this, but I had already gotten to a place just because I learned how to pray in the spirit and I've learned how to read the word and say, no, nope, that's not what the word says. But do you know every time I looked up, that other word kept coming to me? You're not. My baby graduated. And like Pastor said, I feel younger now than I felt then when I was birthing those children. You know what I'm saying? But you already have to be healed on the inside before you manifest healing on the outside. So our souls have to be intact. Our souls, our souls have to be intact before anything will show up. So let's do this soul work. So let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, right? Now, let's look at this in the message. Man, wait till you hear this. Because I'm about to take away all the crutches today. Hallelujah. No training wheels today. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7 says this in the message. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. How did Christ think of himself? I'm just a worm. Oh, I'm just a lonely, lonely. My righteousness is filthy rags. Oh, no, that's not how he thought of himself. He had, listen to this, equal status with God but didn't think so much of himself that he had to, look at this, cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. So all of us have a certain level of status that we're clinging to no matter what. Now, it ain't just the big stuff, but we're holding on to certain statuses because there's an advantage to it. Uh, not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim any special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. For Christ I live, for Christ I die. A lot of pastors going to have to, what do they call that, redact? You're going to have to redact that out their Bible. To live as Christ in the diet's game, you're going to have to redact that. Because a little virus made you run. So I want to, I tell me, pastor, if you're watching, what are you telling the cancer patient? Amen, Jesus. He died a selfless, obedient death, and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. So every great person we read about in scripture, including Jesus, right? Every person we know that's landing anything in these contemporary times, they had to deal with their souls. 
in order to manifest the vision. They had to deal with their soul. Christ had to deal with his soul. He was completely human. He knew the crucifixion was going to hurt. He didn't, he, remember we just read there, the, the, the message made it so plain, he remained human. So he wasn't God on the cross. He felt that sword. He felt those thorns. He felt, the, mm. Just imagine your response right now if somebody spat in your face. Nowadays, they can't even call from your direction. Oh, did you just? <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. So here's what we have to deal with. I asked God. I said, God, okay, okay, so what is it? Y'all, y'all laughing, but we went to Target. And the Coca-Cola man was stocking the shelves. And Olivia and I, you know, we, me and the kids and Lydia and John, we just doing our thing. Do, 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 do. And if you got to go to the store with us, because we were dancing down the aisle. You know, we were doing, I'm going to learn how to TikTok, but nonetheless. Oh, you don't learn how to TikTok? Okay, that's all right. Do a TikTok. Okay, I'm going to learn how to. 48. Um, but we were dancing, so the guy was stocking the coat. Now, he had his little bandana thing around his neck. That young man went, <laughs> We said, whoa. <laughs> we were fine. We went on. But it was just funny how, you know, you're like, you can't even, you feel the need to explain. I'm sorry. I have a sensitivity to, uh, to fragrances. You know, you, you understand. But then everybody had to deal with those traits that make us disqualify ourselves. I'm gonna let y'all stop being so y'all hear that. We gotta deal with those traits, those things in our souls that we take advantage of and we take the privileges that we extract from them, right? And we use them to disqualify ourselves or to let ourselves off the hook. I don't know what you're talking about. Think about Jeremiah. What did God tell him? Don't say that you're too young. Oh, Gideon, mighty man of valor. Oh, no, Lord. I'm the smallest of you. I'm in the smallest clan, and I'm the least of my people. Oh, Leah, she's so unloved. And she married a man that doesn't even like to look at her. Yeah, Genesis 29, right? Leah went from, oh, God looking at her and says, oh, because she's unloved, I'm going to give you children. So finally, she named her last child what? Judah. She said, for I will praise the Lord. See, she couldn't hang on. I said she couldn't keep hanging on to her husband's foolishness. No, she had to decide. I'm going to go ahead and praise the Lord. Amen? Come on now. Moses. Moses, you got to deal with this stuff. Uh-uh. God, you know I'm not going in front of the people, Lord. You know I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't talk right. No, Daniel couldn't sit up and say, Lord, I can't do this. I'm all out of my element. Man, I, I'm a slave here. Couldn't, he couldn't use that excuse. See, we've got to get rid of everything that we have been taking advantage of. 
and using it to let ourselves off the hook. Right. See, I've had time. I've had time in the educational support days with the babies. Oh, I felt like I was back in my element. And I just got so tickled because all of them are very bright. If I didn't come tap you on your shoulder and say, hey, can we talk? That means your child is very bright. No, really. No, really. Really, because I'll tell you. If I feel like you need to spend some money on some resources, oh, I'll tell you. But you know what I realized? They keep letting themselves off the hook. It ain't that they can't. They just won't. And you know why they won't? Because they got this little thing in the back that they keep pulling out. Well, you know I don't like math. Well, you know the teacher don't like me. Well, you know I don't like to read history. Well, you know they said I did this. And you know they said I can't do this. And I took the test and they said I can't. I said, oh, you like to make excuses. Oh, hey, you know, go back and do that. No, he already said that it's too late. What do you mean it's too late? What does it mean it's too late? You're making an excuse. You're making an excuse. I don't care if it was due January 3rd. And it's made just so that you have the knowledge base. Go back and do it. But see, if we keep taking advantage, if we keep taking advantage of those, we're not going to manifest anything. I'm tired. What do you mean you're tired? Parents, what does it mean you don't have enough money? What do you mean you're broke? You can't use that. Why? Because we all quote, what is that, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8? For you know the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We can't keep saying that. That we're broke. We can't, we can't afford it. What? what do you mean you can't afford it? No more what? Excuses. Pastor just reminded me, excuses are what? The nails in the coffin of failure. All of these things that you've been talking about manifesting. Since you knew that you could manifest. It'll be 2029. And you'll still be saying, Lord, I, I yet believe you, Father God. I've not let go. Yeah, you did let go. You, you let go way back when you heard that message that was supposed to charge you, but instead you allowed it to offend you. You let go then. So what you've been doing, and how do I know this stuff? Because I did it. I did it for years. Yeah, you can do this. You can do that. Uh-uh, you don't, I can't do that. We got too much debt. We can't pay this off. We owe this much. We only make this much. Our church is only this size. You know, our people don't only make this much. You know, what? And it wasn't until, it wasn't until I got a good revelation, number one, of who God was, and then I decided to let that same mind. Jesus did not wake up walk out 30 years, step out and have 50,000 people following him. He started off walking. Hey you, come follow me. One. Oh, I see some brothers over there mending their nets. Hey y'all, come follow me. He got three. Oh, and I looked over there and there's this tax collector sitting at a table. Hey you. What I'm teaching you need. Hey, come follow me. 
He could not make the excuse that I don't have anybody following me. He started with nothing. He started, he was completely human and he stayed human and all the followers he had, he had to go and get. That'll help somebody right there. He had no followers. He had no ministry. He had no church. He had no Facebook. He had no YouTube. He had no budget. He had no Twitter. He had nothing. His mama and daddy did not go with him and say, we'll start the church with you. His brothers didn't come and say, I'll go with you and I'll start the ministry with you. He had to go by himself with a calling on his life and a word in his mouth and, and eyes to see. And eyes to see. But you know what? If your soul is all out of whack, instead of looking up and looking out, you spend your time looking down. Don't nobody follow me. Ain't nobody come with me. Don't nobody help me. Ain't nobody giving me nothing. I don't watch all these. Shut up. Shut up. I've watched, I tell you, you guys got to watch these documentaries and it'll help you get over you. Oh, that's the title of today's message. Get over yourself. I forgot. Every good message is supposed to have a title. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. What are we getting over, Pastor Kim? You're getting over all your failures, all your frailties and faults, and all your feats. Paul said over in Philippians chapter 3, we read it. One, two, three, four. Um, he said, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. Forget, forget, forget. No, really, forget. Paul, forget. What is the past tense of that? No, that is not the past. Forgot. Thank you. It escaped me. It really did. I did. He forgot. Can I tell you something? Christ forgot so that you could forget. When Jesus was on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Do you know what he did? He forgot the face that spit it, you know, the person that spit in his face. He forgot which soldier. He forgot which one put that, he forgot which one made him drink that sponge full of bitter gall. He forgot so that you have the ability to forget. And so those things that you're holding on to, those things that I held on to, is because I wanted to. 
and I could take advantage of it. See, you know, well, we're not opening our church because we're black and they're trying to kill black people. You're black? Who told you that? Because if I read my Bible, we are all from one nation of people. And if it started in Africa, then we're all black. She's like, no, I'm not. I love y'all. about it. See, if we can't talk about it, then we can't get over it. I don't want anybody to come. We are believing for all cultures to be here. So we're not going to be a church scared to say what we really think we want to say. Right? We are all just one person from one man, Adam. But if we can't get over our skin color, another documentary. South Africa, do you know what they're doing to themselves in South Africa, black women? Bleaching themselves to the place where they are developing skin cancer to a place we don't even, I mean, I saw it, I'm like, whoa, bleaching. But do you know what Caucasians are doing? Tanning themselves to the place that they get skin cancer. Do you see how all of it's birthed out of a bad, unhealthy soul that I can't just look in the mirror and say, I like you. I like the way God made you. I like my brown hue. I like my paleness. I like my kinky hair. I like my relaxed hair. I like my what? Curls. I like my lack of curls. Whatever it is. We can't keep looking at things as crutches. So we've got to get past it. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. We're going to go all the way through verse 18. We're going to learn how to forget those things which are behind. Therefore, from now on, say that, say from now on, I regard no one according to the flesh, not even myself. I'm not a flesh man. I'm a spirit man. I'm a spirit girl. Okay? Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Behold, you got to look at it. That's right. Behold. Fix your focus. Behold. Look at the new. All things have become new. And guess what? Now, not before. Not before. Pastor began to minister to those who you've been violated in some way, shape, or form. That's old. I said, that's old. That's old. And you can forget. Oh, no, Pastor Kim, you don't know how bad. Ah, I said you can forget. Right? And all things are now of God. Now all things are of God. If 
I let it be. All right. So look at this. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 3. Now, I got to take you back a little bit, so please bear with me, because I need you to hear Paul help himself develop this mind of Christ. The Lord had me, said, you know, read the book of Philippians. And as I read it, I mean, I just stopped and thought, man, Paul was something else. And I kept saying, man, Paul, man, Paul, man, Paul, Paul did, Paul. Do you know Paul messed up a whole lot? (laughs) Paul messed up a whole lot. But why don't we talk about all of his mess ups? Because he got the revelation. We'll see it. Watch this. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in all things, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things unto you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. It's good for you. Listen to what he said. He said, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation, those things that are going to try to come in to distract you. All right? For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and look at this, and have no confidence in the flesh. You should underline that. I have no confidence in the flesh. All flesh is as grass. All flesh. No good thing dwells in the flesh, so therefore don't have any confidence in it. Now watch what he's going to continue to say. He says, uh, though I might also, that, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. Look at this. If anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Paul's saying, if you think you have a reason to brag. He said, let me show you my resume. He says, look at this. Circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. What? What? Everything that the Jews thought made you superior. Paul said, I did it to a whole nother level. But look at this. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss. So stop for a second. Go over your resume. Go over your resume. Paul says, but I've counted all all that great stuff. I've counted a loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, look at this, and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ. If you read in the King James, he calls, counts it as dung, boo-boo. <laughs> it means nothing to me anymore, except that I might gain the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Look at this and be found in him. Not found among men, but to be found in him. See, our resumes impress men. But what do you do when your resume is not impressive? 
Just keep listening, all right? He says, and to be found in him, not having, look at this, my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. See, we spend so much time trying to resurrect ourselves. He said, but forget that on the come up. Come up from what? Forget that. He says that I may know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Look at this. Being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not, this is where we know it now. Not that I've already accomplished anything or not that I've already attained or laid hold of anything or am already perfected. He says, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, after all that his resume listed, Paul got to a place where he said, listen to me, I don't count myself to have apprehended. I don't care about your degree. Great. But if it's not a God degree, if he didn't tell you to do it, if he didn't direct you. But one thing I do, he says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. So Paul said, number one, I had to forget my feats. Media, I think I gave you the definition for that. A feat is an achievement that requires great courage, skill, or strength. What makes you feel good about yourself? Now, I'm not saying, please don't take this, that we're not supposed to feel good about ourselves and we're not supposed to do great things here in the earth realm, but that can't be all that there is to us. And I'm just saddened that we're finding that a lot of people in the body of Christ, they're no more than a walking resume. No more than a litany of great things that I've done and look at what I've done and where I went and what I drive and what I buy and where I go and look at my kids and what they know and where they went and what they bought. <sighs> Tell me about you and Christ. Tell me about you and the kingdom. How is that degree furthering the kingdom? How are you changing life? See, if we can't get to that, then it's all dung. May not be that to you yet, but in the eyesight of God and in the kingdom, I can't do nothing with that. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do. So we've got to forget our feet. We've got to walk away from all of these things that make us want to pat ourselves on the back. Remember, he says, I'm forgetting all those things. Paul did some really awesome things. But do you know, Paul also did some really horrible things. So he had to say this. He said, one thing I do, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. What things? All things. What else did we have to forget? He says, you have to forget your faults and your frailties. Faults and frailties. An unattractive or unsatisfactory feature, a weakness. The thing you don't want to put on your resume. You got to forget about it. Okay, so you did it. Okay. Okay, you lied. Okay. 
Okay, you stole that. Okay, okay, so you cheated. Okay. Do you think you shocked God? No. Forget it. Well, Pastor Kim, I, I just, you just don't know what I, hold on, just stay with me. But I'm telling you, in order to get your place to the soul, your soul to the place it needs to be to manifest your vision, you're going to have to forget it. Because here's what keeps happening. We go along in life, we go along with life, and we're feeling really great. Oh, 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 and you know how we are. When we get money, we feel good. Or we get a new pair of shoes, we feel good. Get a new suit, you feel good. But it doesn't do anything with what's going on inside of you. You dressed it all up, but when you rip the tag off of it, or you've driven it for a few miles, when you go back in the house, now you gotta deal with you. And so what happens is God keeps speaking. You're going to manifest. These things are going to happen. You can do this. You can be this. I want to send you out and do, have you do this. You keep coming to, but I can't do that because, because God, you know, you know. So you keep taking advantage of your disadvantages. Hey, I need you to pray this morning. Oh, no, I ain't going to be able to pray, Pastor, because, you know, um, I just got some things, I'm, I'm just, you know, I got some, you know, Sister Bob, you understand, I shouldn't pray, I got some things, I'm, things, I'm. Okay, you've been working on them for 20 years. You've been working on them for five years. I got some, I got some little things, I got some little, I know the Lord want me to minister, but I'm still trying to work out, I'm still trying to work out some, you know, for sure, I got them little, I got them little things, I'm. You know, yeah, Pastor, I would, I would come and pray, but you know, I don't, I don't speak right. You know, I don't, I don't know how to conjugate verbs. You know, Pastor, you know, I don't say it like you said. My vocabulary, you know, I'm still trying to figure out when to say be and not to be, and that is the question for me. You know what I'm saying? Shakespeare, the 16th Psalm. To be or not to be. That is the question. That's all I know. That's been 34 years ago. That's all I remember, because it might be in there. I ain't trying to pull it up, though. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? You, so you take advantage of it. You, you, you use that as some sort of excuse to not operate in your true gifts and calling. Oh, you know, listen. Uh, you know, Pastor, I would really love to work with the youth ministry, but you know I got that, I, that, that thing. I, that, that, <laughs> hey, let's talk about it. I said, let's talk about it. Don't keep disqualifying yourself. I want to teach children's church, but I don't read that well. Can I tell you something about children? They don't read that well either. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. They don't read that well. They don't know. They just looking at pictures. Now, we do have a few of them. Don't try to trick them, cause Don't try to trick them. <laughs> But I know where to put you. But what I'm saying is, is you've got to move past that stuff. You've got to press on. Regardless of what you've been dealing with, regardless of what you've done, regardless of how long you did it. Okay, so when are we going to start trusting God and getting over it? My goodness, okay, you already confessed your sin. Can we just go ahead and trust God when he says that he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and to cleanse? You're not that. 
All things are new. You are not that same person. You know, okay, like, let me just say it. Okay, so you had the abortion, okay? Listen, we do not have to get on the altar every time somebody mentions it. You've already confessed it. You've already been delivered. Can you move on, please? It's, it's over. It's over. Because every time you come up here, God's like, what is she doing? Well, what? he don't even remember because according to Micah, he takes our sins and he casts them into the sea of forgetfulness. So he's standing there like, well, what's she up there? What she did? What? What? You did what? But you keep remembering. You keep remembering. Okay, so you spent last year's tax return and you don't know what you did with it. Shouldn't nobody have eaten that many king crab legs. My girl, right now, girl. Okay, so you did it. Can we move on? Can we move on? And now adopt these behaviors out of your new creation reality? Just you just don't do that anymore. You just don't do it anymore. But I just can't remember. It seemed like every we'll get there. So Paul had to forget his faults. He had to forget those things that you can't put on your resume. You you know, you can't tell people, hey, I'm learning, you know, weaknesses. You really shouldn't put me over payroll on my last job. I embezzled $10,000. They didn't catch me, but I left before they did. Okay, you can't put that on there. All right, you can't put that on there. And I might not put you on the counting team just yet. But what I'm saying is, is when you lay it on the altar, leave it there. Leave it there. Because you're not that person anymore. And then when you feel the inclination to take something that does not belong to you, you know what you do? You say, I don't do that anymore. Okay. So Paul, Paul was a mess. Wrote. Almost all the New Testament. Two-thirds of it. That's more than half, right? My God, because a half children is three-sixths. And two-thirds is four-sixths. See? Amen. I do that to keep my mind sharp. <laughs> Go to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. Look at this. Oh. Look at this, y'all. And this Paul writing to his son, Timothy, because, you know, sometimes your, your children, you got to tell them the truth. I said, your children, you got to tell them the truth. I see, see, you know why your children won't act right? Because you keep lying to them. You don't tell them the truth. Tell them you were dumb, too. Because you beat them like you weren't dumb. Thank you. See, he always telling the truth. Baby, I'm going to tell you the truth. Your mama flunked geometry four times. I had to go to night school. You got to tell them. So I understand your struggle. I understand.
understand what you feel like when you walk in that classroom and they put all them triangles on the board with them little circles and them little lines. I didn't know what it meant. I still don't know what it means. But baby, your mama will get you this laptop and this Khan Academy and you gonna be all right. But I'm gonna tell you the truth. I don't know what a congruent angle is if you spelt it for me. You gotta tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. They can do math, tell them the truth. You was not no virgin when you married. They can do the math. You gotta tell them the truth. Your girl, my mama told me to set my tail down and I didn't set my tail down and I got this baby, but I love you, baby. You was here, and I took good care of you because I love you, baby, but here's the truth. My mama told me to set my tail down, and I wouldn't set my tail down. I was hot to them pants, and here we, here we are, baby, and we're going to be all right. It's a little hard right now because I was rebellious, but God is redeeming our lives. You tell them the truth just because that's what Paul did. Look at this. He says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me. He helped me. Why? Because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now, you got to understand Paul's story. Paul was killing people in the church. I said he was killing people in the church. He was standing there holding the men's robes that were stoning Stephen. He was that kind. He was that kind. Racketeering is what he, he, he was that kind. I ain't do the dirt, but I orchestrated it, right? Look at this. 13 for me. Formerly, look at this. Formerly, a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. He was an angry man. He was just, he was angry. Look, but I obtained mercy, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. You did it because you didn't know any better. You didn't know any other way. That's just what you, you, you ain't know any other way. You ain't know any better. And if you did know better, you were full of unbelief. Well, I ain't think God was real. I know I heard that pastor say God will give you cars, and I heard pastor say God will help you pay your rent, and God, I had to go get that money the best way I could. Ignorantly and unbelief. Now, whatever your best your way you could, God will forgive you for that. But I'm going to tell you what the word says. You awake to righteousness and you sin no more. But before you were ignorant or you were full of unbelief. And look at this. And the grace, God's supernatural ability on my inability of our was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. So we got this new system, and we're, we're going to get it, y'all. See, I should have just turned in my word. I should have just turned. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save those righteous people who did everything right all the time. They never messed up. They never lied. They never stole the cookie from the cookie jar. No, he came to the world to save sinners. Look at what Paul telling his son Timothy, of whom I am chief. I'm the chief 
sinner. Paul? Paul. Paul. Now, you know when you're an angry man, you did all sorts of things. See, I don't think Paul really ever told it all. Because the volume ain't big enough to tell it all. But when you're angry, that just covers a whole lot of stuff. Angry man will put his hands on his wife. On his child, on his dog, on his mama. We've seen during this quarantine time, you know, all this battery on people over 65. What, you beat your mama? What is wrong with you? But when you're angry, you'll do things. But you've now obtained grace and mercy. And now you know better. So now you do better. And God died for the sinner. So you go on with it. Paul did some stuff. I ain't saying Paul was no woman to be, but I just know an angry man. I've seen an angry man. Whew. However, for this reason, I obtained mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show all, look at this, all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him. Those who are going to believe on him. See, you can't keep holding on to your faults and frailties as a vice. No, they're supposed to become a victory for somebody else. You're supposed to take it from being something that's got you locked up and got you bound and use it to bring somebody else out. But if we keep taking advantage of it, well, you know, you know I'm angry. Well, you know how I get when I'm angry. Well, children, well, you know we ain't got no internet at home. Those excuses you make. You know I, I couldn't get the laptop to power on. Well, I couldn't find no paper. That's how ridiculous they sound. Write with some chalk on the sidewalk and take a picture. I'm just telling you what I would do before I go and not turn something in. With all this technology, write it on the phone, write it. You know the phones you can write on them now with your finger? No more excuses. Well, we poor, what that mean? Oh, you can't do your schoolwork cause you poor? What's your mama rent got to do with your schoolwork? Because I watched some babies in Zimbabwe, y'all, I'm sending some children to school. They said $10 a, what is it, a year for the school fees. And the boy was out there trying to catch birds and all sorts of stuff so he could get them $10. And I said, and our children sitting up here in air-conditioned classrooms, air-conditioned bedrooms, laptops, cell phones, iPads, Apple Watches, AirPods, and you can't do your work, I beat you till you wrote like Oprah. I beat you till you. Edit that out. I don't beat children till they wrote like Oprah. But I'm just saying, you can't keep taking witnesses and turning them, come on, into a crutch to not forget that stuff. Forget what your mom and daddy didn't do. Forget what they did do. Forget what they said. Forget what they said. I don't care what you said. Ooh, you just a heathen. 
no condemnation now. Me, my mama said, my mama used to tell her, when God said rain, no, God said brains, you thought he said rain and you put up an umbrella. Corny, right? But that's what she, <laughs> she did tell us that. She just, shame on you. But she would also sit up with us until our homework was done. She would sit with us until that work was done, and you better get done. So, you know what I'm saying? So you can't go by that. You can't go by what somebody else said. You see what I'm saying? You can't go by who was there and who, not, who wasn't there. Oh, my God, my daddy was never there. You better be glad. He was never there for me. You should be thanking God. Oh, no, Pastor Kim, everybody needs a dad. Who says so? We found out Timothy turned out pretty good with his mom and grandmama running the show. He turned out pretty good. Okay, single mamas. Okay, so he ain't paid no child support. So what? Come on, what does that mean? They can't get children because he, he they can't get shoes because he didn't. He didn't what? I don't care about what he didn't. The baby needs shoes. Go get the baby some shoes. But where am I supposed to get the money from? From them people you keep buying nails from. Go knock on their door and say, excuse me, my children need shoes. Can I get my nail money back? Honey, can I get my nail money back? Time, I got, I'm out of time. Oh, I'm out of time. Pastor said I'm out of time. I said I'm out of time. Well, it was nice being before y'all. It was nice being before y'all. It was nice being. I'm, a, I'm just gonna tell you the truth. I said I'm just gonna tell you the truth. I'm just gonna tell you the truth. I'm just gonna tell you the truth. Honey, honey. No, but you know, but I'm just saying. But we, we keep making ourselves, look at me, strong, black, struggling, single mama. What is the strong, what is that? Hashtag doing it on my own. No, you're not. You've got the grace of God helping you. Oh. No more excuses. It said, Jesus, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Look at it now in the message who did not cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. You know why some of our children won't make it? Because we've clung to those statuses. Single mama, low income, midtown. Automatically puts them on a track to not take the classes they need to succeed in life. I want head start gone. It ain't a head start. It's a head down. Oh no, look at their stats I have. Call somebody who can't read. People fight me on that all the time. If it's so wonderful, where are your babies? Sasha and Malia didn't go to head start, I tell you that. Oh well, it's to help those who are underprivileged. Help them what? 
So we're not going to keep taking advantage of our status. No matter if it's a highfalutin status or lower income status or lower echelon status, we can't keep taking advantage of it. This is just who I am. No, that may have been who you were. That may have been who you were, but you are a new creation. And now all things are of God. Amen? Amen. Oh, man. Jude chapter 1, verse 24. I'm going to just prove to you, your faults and frailties don't matter. Now unto him, Jude 1, 24, who is able to do what? Keep you from, I see I like the King James on that, to keep you from falling. Oh, I kept falling in. No, he can keep you from falling. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with the exceeding, he is able to keep you from falling and he is able to present you like you never, ever did anything. I said like you never, ever did anything. Okay, so what else are we getting over? We're getting over failure. I'm coming to the end. We're getting over failure. Failure is a lack of success. Get over it. A lot of people are supposed to be back in college right now. Supposed to be, and some people who, you know why you won't go back? Cause you remember high school geometry. Because you remember that paper you were supposed to do and the teacher gave it back to you and she put a big old F on it and you just thought you really wrote, you really thought you wrote like a, you know, like, I wrote like who? Like, like that poem was like Robert Frost or Hemingway or, you know, and somebody. You know them people that write them books? I know a lot of them. It's just not right there right now. James Steinbeck. Maya, yeah, I know why the cage bird sings. Yeah, see, you help me. You know, and so you, you, you messed up one time. You made that effort. You just thought you was just, and so you know what? I ain't doing, I'm just, I, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Just stop. Oh, man. I, I applied for that promotion, Pastor, and they ain't picked me. Can I tell you something? They didn't pick 100 others. Why are you taking it so personally? I applied for the job and I didn't get it. 50,000 people won't apply for that cushy sitting home, never take off your slippers job. <laughs> you know how many people are logging on to Indeed.com and a career builder? Okay, get over it. But now you've got to understand that if you would just forget that, the grace of God can now get in there. See, but if you don't work on getting past your failures, getting past your faults, getting past those great things you've already done. There should not be another day that we keep talking about our old track record from high school. Okay, that was, that was, that was then. Let's let the children have their moment. But you know, a lot of people still talk about what I did when I was what I did when I was what I did. Four touchdowns, man. They wasn't breeding them this big back in that day. They turned big. You see what I'm saying? So we've got, to, we've got to allow the work to take place in our soul. And Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget. I'm going to show you how to forget. Go to Acts chapter 21, because I want to show you Paul failed. Acts chapter 21, Paul failed. Epic fail. If anybody has ever played Bop It. 
epic fail. Y'all probably so good you never heard that. I've heard it several times. <laughs> epic fail. Look at this. Now this is Paul, right of two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, now it came to pass that when we had departed from, the, uh, from them and set sail, running a straight course, we came to Kos, and, following, and the, the following day to Rhodes, and there from Patara. And finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had sighted Cyprus, we passed on to the left, uh, sailed to Syria, and later to Tyre. From there, the ship was to unload her cargo. And finding disciples, we stayed there seven days. They told Paul, look at this, through the Spirit, not to go up to Jerusalem. Through the what? Spirit. In my Bible, it's capitalized. So by the Holy Spirit, they told Paul, do not go. So God was speaking to Paul through the prophet, don't go. Watch this. When we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship, and they returned home. And when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Ptolemus, uh, greeted the brethren, and stayed with them one day. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now the man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt. Who owns the belt? Paul. And deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So two times, Paul was told, you don't want to go to Jerusalem. Now, don't go. By the what? Spirit. They, how many of y'all know Paul went? Paul, by the Holy Spirit, was told that he would go and minister to the Gentiles. How many of the letters do you read, especially if you read the book of Philippians, you'll find that he's saying, hey, I really want to be there but I'm locked up, I'm doing this time. I'm in a rented house, but I can't leave these shores. I'm, I'm sending Epaphroditus to you. When he come to you, send a little something back. I really wanna be there. Paul, you could have been there. But he was so zealous to prove to the Jews that he was now someone else that he forgot his mission to the Gentiles. So now his ministry had to go in the form of letters and not in the form of sermons. He had to write because he was locked up. And now we don't know, if you read all the way through the book of Acts, you know it ends with him living two years in a rented house. We don't know how he died, but historically it is said in AD 64 that Nero took his head on the chopping block. We can't prove, we don't know, but historically they say, they don't deny Paul, they don't deny he was in Jerusalem, they don't deny that he ended up in Rome, and they don't deny that Nero took somebody's head. <laughs> okay? But Paul messed up. 
Any of you ever messed up? Yes. No, for real, you messed up? Yes. Epic fail? Yes. Do you know what Paul says you do with an epic fail? Forget about it. Forget about it. You forget about it. Forget about it. No, Pastor Kim, it was big, man. That thing cost me so much money, and it cost me my marriage, and it cost me my children. Forget about it. It cost me my degree. They put me out of school, and I can't. Forget about it. Forget about it. Okay, so how do I forget? Oh, let me give you one more epic fail, because it's just funny. Peter. Peter, was, Peter did some dumb stuff. Impetuous Peter. Chopped off Malchus's servant's ear. That Peter. That Peter who was walking on water. Got scared. Started to drink the water. Jesus lifted him up. He was drinking a lot of salt water, Deke. He was going down. And do you know Peter went on to preach some of the most profound messages that we read in the book of Acts, that he would stand and, and preach and thousands upon thousands of people would come to Christ from a failure? From a failure. You had one bad business venture and now you've locked yourself up in some job for 40 hours making nothing. You heard one no, and you packed up your bag and went back to your little pillow crying. Get over yourself. So what you preaching? Nobody said no. You know how many times y'all going to sleep on me? <laughs> y'all laughing. All y'all tails know went to sleep at some point of time. And I just keep coming back in here, and I keep preaching. And I don't feel no, no pressure to stop at 25 minutes. I don't feel no pressure. I'm, if I had to stay up all three weeks to write this stuff, y'all going to hear me. Bitch, yeah. waking up to my, oh, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> you don't hear me. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think that message, yeah, you missed it. It's all right. You don't stop preaching because you missed it. You quoted that wrong. You can't never are you? How you know many times we get over it? Better yet, get over yourself. God's ready to move on. He's ready to manifest. He's ready to do some new things in this earth. And you still talking about that? You didn't know any better. You were young. You were unsaved. You were an unbeliever. You were full of doubt. You were full of fear. Can we get over it? I don't want to hear nothing else about it. This just cleared your calendar. You're welcome. <laughs> you doubt it? No, come on. Okay, so here's how you forget. Here's how you forget. And these are real simple. Shift your focus from your feats, failures, and frailties to faith. Just shift what you're looking at. Change what you're looking at. I made an F in whatever, but what did you make an A in? Well, I didn't make an A. What did you make a B in? Well, I didn't make a B. Well, what did you make a C in? I didn't make a C. Okay, then we need to sit down and talk. <laughs> Why? Because it ain't that you can't. 
<laughs> it just kept dropping. It's just that you won't. And so you just, you know, you don't keep beating yourself up about something that you don't have an aptitude for. Listen, I cannot sing. No, y'all will not fool me. My husband tells me, my children tell me they're very honest. Baby, no, you just changed the key to my song again. That's how he does me. That's how he does me. He just say, ooh, I was enjoying that in the key of C. You just took that to C sharp. And that's not what I was singing. Does that negate me from being a praiser? No. But it won't stop me from teaching. So I might not be on the praise team, but I can sure be in Eagles Landing and Eagles Nest. It doesn't negate my role. I have a certain aptitude for something. Well, let's stop uh, focusing in on those things that we have inadequacies in, and let's start focusing on the things that we have an aptitude for. Amen. Every child is not going to college, mom and dad. Please stop forcing them to go and borrow money for something that they are not designed to do. Oh, my son ain't going to my daughter ain't going. So what? My lawn man making more than all of us up in this piece. I'm like, yo, you making what? I think I can do that. No. 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 He told us that we was calculating it out. You have 200 lawns, 250 lawns at a hundred some dollars a week, a month. How much you making? $250,000 a year. The lawn man. You think he pining over a college degree? No. Some of us with a college degree would just love to see 25,000 consistently. Okay, so shift your focus. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 7. Shift your focus. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Shift your eyes to what he's seeing for you. Okay? So how do you forget? Just shift what you're looking at. Don't keep looking at that. Don't keep rehearsing it in your mind. You know your memory that's in your mind, that's in your soul, it's just pictures. And if you keep playing those pictures fast enough, you make a movie. Anybody ever made the flip book? You just draw little images and you go fast, it looks like they're moving there. They're not really moving, they're all still images. Well, if you keep looking at those things in your mind and you keep looking at them over and over and over again, faster and faster and faster, you just played a whole movie that sealed your coffin of failure. But what if I played a movie where I kept seeing myself as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I kept seeing myself as the healed. I kept seeing myself as an overcomer. I kept seeing myself as victorious. Man, do you know what'll happen to me? What'll happen to you if we just shift what we're looking at? All right, number two, stop seeking to establish your own righteousness. Let's look at Romans 10 and three. It says, for they, look at this, being ignorant of God's righteousness 
and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the one, the righteousness of God. So you can go about establishing your own way of doing things. If you keep establishing your way of doing things, you're going to keep failing. But if you just allow God to work his righteousness in you, you can't miss, you can't fail, you can't mess up. Why? Because you're no longer doing things your way. You're doing things his way. All right? Listen to Philippians 2, 5 through 7 in the message. It says, unfortunately, too many of us have made our own merit system, awarding ourselves badges or giving ourselves a break because of circumstances. We find advantages to, uh, to circumstances. So we find a way to take any circumstance and make it advantage, advantageous unto us. We award ourselves badges. Well, see, this is the badge that says I was abused, so you can't challenge me too hard. And this is the badge that said I came from a single family home. You can't expect too much from me. And this is the badge that says I, I grew up in Midtown and I was in the projects. I grew up in the Poking Bees in Liberty City, you know about them. And I can't achieve, I can't read, because, and this is the badge that said my daddy left me. <laughs> oh, but this is the badge right here that says, you know, whatever it is, I got my PhD. This is the badge that says, oh, I'm the baddest, whatever. You can't keep awarding yourself badges. We allow God to give glory to us. Amen? The next thing, run, don't look back. Paul said, I press on. When you look at that press on, it literally means run. Run. Run in the opposite direction of that thing or that memory or that action or that behavior. Run. And don't keep looking back. You know, I mean, it's funny. We had races out here one of the days uh, during the educational support days. The kids were racing. It was so funny. Boy, they thought they was kicking up some dust, boy. Like, boy, they thought they was kicking up. You know you're not running fast and you're looking backwards, right? You're working against yourself. If you can run and do all that talking unless you're Usain Bolt, now he could do that. But baby, you slow. You need to focus on that finish line and drive it on in. But when you try to look back, do you know that you miss things that are trying to catch you, that are trying to make you stumble, that are trying to make you fall? But if you keep your eyes forward, oh, that was a pothole. Oh, you try. See, run, run, and don't keep looking back like at some point it's going to finally catch up with me. It's not going to catch up with you. It's over. It's over. You smoke cigarettes for 40 years, don't keep looking back for cancer. <clears throat> oh, God, I wanted that. <clears throat> no, it's over. It's over. It can't keep, you can't keep letting it torment you, right? Because it keeps you from manifesting. And finally, you got to make new declarations. Say something new about yourself. Paul did. Paul did. He says, yeah, man, I did some stuff. But now... But now I'm pressing on toward the upward call of Christ Jesus. Yeah, I might have done some things, and we went through a, a small list of the things Paul accomplished and didn't accomplish. But man, he says, but this thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I press on, or I press forth for the upward or the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. 
Man, make new declarations. Don't keep calling yourself that. And don't let anybody else call you that. And don't let anybody else remind you of that. You can forget if you stop talking about it. Here's how it happens. As you keep talking and making declarations, this is why confession is so important. Remember, your soul is going to link your flesh man with your spirit man. So the brain draws out of what's in your soul. Well, the more I say something, right, in my mind, I start to reinforce trees that hold memories. The more I say something, the stronger those trees or the stronger those thoughts, the stronger those memories become until you look up and you are what you've been saying. You are a liar. Why? Because you kept saying you're a liar. You kept saying you wouldn't be anything. You kept saying, I'm always going to be broke. You kept saying, I'll never have anything. You kept telling that child they'll never amount to anything. You kept telling them that they couldn't do it. So guess what happens now? They walk through life thinking, I can never do it. You know, I keep working with my kids. Don't keep saying, I don't like math. I don't like math. I don't like math. Well, guess what happens? You don't like math. And every time you see math, you shut down. And something that is so simple to you becomes so monumental, so insurmountable. Why? Because you kept saying it. So make new declarations. Amen. You can stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do me a favor. Look your neighbor in the eye. Don't spit in their face now. Say it softly. Get over yourself. 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 It's over. It's over. It's over. Get over yourself. You are a new creation. Well, Pastor Kim, I've done really great things. Get over yourself. God wants to take you into another realm that you never, ever, ever even dreamed of. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask. Or, but you keep hanging on to this little bit of thing you, man, that's not where it's at. That's not where it's at. There's more. There's, more, there's so much more to your life. There's so much more to be had. You know, like Pastor said, Jeff Bezos, they're talking about becoming a trillionaire. Well, that means somebody could think of that. So you know what God's doing? He's trying to get more than a trillion into the hands of his people. But do you know why his people can't get it? Because we keep saying money's evil. We keep saying, I'll never have anything. We keep saying, oh, no, what I need all of that for? We keep saying, I don't want. Well, how is he going to get it? How is he going to get it into this earth realm? Oh, man, these schools are sorry. Well, who's going to build the new school? I said, who's going to build the new school? Who's going to write the new curriculum? If you keep saying, oh, man, I just can't, man, I couldn't, you might be the one. Well, you don't understand. I, I, I dropped out in the ninth grade. Well, guess what? You know why children drop out. You want to talk about dropout prevention? Talk to somebody who dropped out. Why did you drop out? It's, not, it's, it's really not hard. It's just letting go of yourself. 
You know, I, I, can't, I don't swim that well. I really don't. I swim just enough to enjoy myself. I ain't trying to save you. And if it look like you might need saving, you can't come to my house. That's just how it is. You might need saving, and I ain't saving today. Not like that. But you know why? Because I just won't relax enough in the deep water to just allow myself to just enjoy that end of the pool. I just won't get over it. I won't get over what Jet Jackson did to me. I call his name. Somebody should have called that man name a long time ago. Don't push a five-year-old off the high dive and think they not gonna be scared. I'm trying, I'm still trying to get over it. I'm, I'm trying, so I'm, I'm, no, not today. I ain't getting over it today, but I'm gonna work on that. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? That, that there's something God has for each and every one of us to do that's unique and special and powerful and is not any lesser than what's on the next person's life. It's greatness. God has greatness planned for each and every one of us. We just got to get over ourselves. We got to get over the fees. We got to get over the failures. And we've got to get over the faults and all of that. The, woo, get over it. Get over it. Get over it. Father God. Father God. Thank you for your grace. That grace that helps us in the time of need. God, we've identified places that we need to just get over ourselves. Those things that have been holding us back, hemming us in, oh God, locking us down. Father God, we thank you now that in you we are free. We are free, God, and we've decided today to let that same mind that was in Christ Jesus to be in us, Father God. And we're going to allow that mind, not our old mind, not our old nature, we're going to allow that new mind, that new nature to dictate the, dictate the course of our lives. Father God, we want to manifest everything that you have for us. Everything, Father God. We want it all. And we know you want it all. So God, reveal to us, God, even those things that we've suppressed, but we know it's something that keeps us from moving ahead, that keeps us from pressing on. God, we're asking that you reveal it to us, not that we can pine over it, not so that we can mourn over it. No, God, so that we can go ahead and deal with it and get over it. God, we want to bring your name glory. We want to bring your name honor. We want to see your kingdom advance. God, we want to see lives saved. We want to see people healed. Father God, we want to see nations fed. Hallelujah, God. And we know that you're going to do it through us. So, God, we lay down our lives. We lay down our lives. And we take up the life of Christ. We love you, Father God. We bless your name. We thank you for newfound direction. We thank you for newfound vigor. We thank you for reigniting the joy of our salvation. Thank you, God. Oh, God, for even restoring our souls. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hmm.